0: Welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is The Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Hello, OTCers. Today's episode is brought to you by PSG Good Works. On August 21st, from 9 a.m. to noon, Penny Stock Gurus and its friends are doing a back-to-school giveaway. They will be giving out a minimum of a 1,000 bags with school supplies, maybe even more at the, at the Our Lady at the Lake University in San Antonio, Texas. Now, if you can't be there but would like to be a part of the giveaway, feel free to send a cash app to Penny Stock Gurus. Again, that's Penny Stock Gurus. I'm going to spell it for you. It's the dollar sign P-E-N-N-Y-S-T-O-C-K-G-U-R-U-S. Again, that's dollar sign P-E-N-N-Y-S-T-O-C-K-G-U-R-U-S. And in the comment section, just indicate back-to-school giveaway or that you heard of the event on the It's Just Penny podcast. And he can definitely make sure that uh, another bag can be added or more school supplies can be added to the people in the community of San Antonio. Welcome, O.T. Sears. Today's episode, we have a special guest. This guest actually was brought up in a previous episode. I've seen his name pop up quite a few times in chats all over Twitter. So whenever I see him post or ask question, you know, a lot of times I, I feel it's positive energy and vibe. So it was something that I definitely had to reach out and, and see if he'll come on. I'd like to welcome Penny Penthouse.
1: Hey, how's it going? Such an honor to be here and uh, really humbling as well. So thanks for having me on. And
0: Thank you for uh, taking the invite and coming on. Before we even start talking stocks and financial literacy and all that good stuff, I gotta know, how did you come up with the name Penny Penthouse?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I'm a bit of a goofy guy. I like to make people laugh and everything like that. And and a lot of my friends, they are more safe uh, traders. And right away, I gravitated toward penny stocks and all that. So, I was like, just call me Penny Penthouse, man. I'm going to make all this money and all that stuff. And then it just stuck. So, when I got on Twitter, I just uh, put that as the name. <laughs>
0: I definitely like it. It's a it's a name that stands out. So good. Good job coming up with something that
1: that's clever, (laughs) man. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So let's just get into it. How long you've been trading penny stocks in general?
1: I've only been trading overall for uh since like March of last year right when the the pandemic was at its biggest uh you know stuck inside all that that's when I started getting into trading and jumped into penny stocks as the first thing
0: what attracted your eye or attention to uh penny stocks cuz normally i would think that you know most people would dive into like the major markets especially when they're just getting started
1: i think that uh for myself i'm more of like a high risk high reward type of person uh in general and, you know, when I see the type of gains in the OTC or penny stocks, like those sub $5 NASDAQ type stocks, like it just dawned on me as like, if I can find out how these people are trading, how did they get in early and maybe make those gains for myself? I, it was really exciting. And, and I thought, you know, if I if I failed or whatever, I you know, that's when I'd start exploring those more of the more mainstream stocks. But yeah, just something about the penny stocks has really gravitated towards me.
0: OK, and. Overall, since you started in March, and
1: let's just say up until today, how has your journey been? Ooh, if you were to ask me this question, like... Eight months ago, I would have been saying uh, still learning. You know, I'm learning now, obviously. But uh, the first six months, I I lost 50 percent of my portfolio. But I was just grinding and grinding. And then I I caught a few uh, big winners like late last year. And and since then, I've been on a pretty good streak. So I think uh, I'm just continuing to hone my craft and, and get after it.
0: Okay. And what's been the most challenging since you started to now?
1: Honestly, I think the main thing is managing my own emotions. Um, you know, being, you know, thinking that you. Uh, you have such high hopes for every trade that you enter, of course, and then seeing them plummet while maybe some of the other stocks that you had on your watch list and they're running without you and having that FOMO and just kind of just managing all of the emotions that come with not only the loss of, of the trades that you might be in, but also the ones that are running without you and, and not falling into that FOMO trap as well.
0: And yeah, I, know, I know that feeling. So you started in March, you, you've you been you lost 50% you kept going during that time you were when you were losing or i'm not even i hate to say losing during that time you was having those mm-hmm. learning, those learning lessons did you ever think about quitting
1: never never i thought that just maybe i would you know change strategies or or um you know just get back to learning i i, I took a lot of courses i joined a lot of groups i did what a lot of new people do right is like you know try and find who are the best traders what are they doing uh so the whole time i was just trying to learn throughout the whole process but never once did i i think about uh quitting it was just too exciting and and too too fun honestly it's it's become such a great hobby and something that i really love doing eventually i'd love to do it full time so yeah never never thought about quitting
0: okay and And that actually leads me to your, my next question is, I know you, you just said you, you hope to do it full time. How do you balance the two? Because you have those people who are like hesitant to even start because they're working or they're, because they're doing something else. How do you balance between finding trading time and success and also, uh,
1: working? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, uh the Primary stocks that I like to buy are something that I feel comfortable holding overnight or even, you know, weeks or months at a time. I like to swing or or like to hold long. So I like to have stocks that are high conviction for that reason day trading of course would really excite me and i think there's a lot of great opportunities for that but uh, just in case i can't manage my portfolio as actively as as someone else might be able to i didn't want that to stop me so i just started looking for stocks that i believe in and things that i'd be happy to hold long um, and not have to worry about every second of the day
0: okay And you talk about conviction. So I want to tap into somewhat of your process. What are some key indicators or things you look for as far as to, in a way, you know, convict or make you decide this is something worth trading or investing in?
1: For sure. So actually, that was really interesting because I didn't really have too much of a process um, before. I think maybe in the last two months is really when I've started taking things seriously. I think that for a lot of 2020 and 2020 like early 2021, it was really easy to like catch the hot sector and and it was I, I really felt like trading had become there's a lot of luck involved and 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 think the whole sector whole market was really hot right so it was easy to catch runners and then I started getting punched in the mouth like a couple months ago losing on a lot of trades so I was, I was like man I need to find out who's doing it but who's doing it with like the right process so I followed you you know penny stock gurus and there's always these tweets that I saw about like, what are the things you need to look for, you know, so share structure, catalysts, um, and also the officers involved or, or any, you know, any management involved and what's their reputation. I think those three, three things can take you pretty far, especially in the OTC world. Those are the main things I look for. It's just a great share structure, great catalysts, and and just good sentiment overall online.
0: Awesome. And since then, have you had more
1: success as far as, or a better peace of mind when you trade? Yeah. So there are things I'm still holding long. um, And so I I like that you phrased it peace of mind because there are a lot of great quality tickers uh, since I've started getting more into the OTC that are red right now and and are having big red days. and, And it's not phasing me because I think that I have, um, you know, I, I, I trust the DD that I did. I'm not seeing anything that changed. So, yeah, peace of mind all day. No problem. I'm, I'm happy to hold uh, as long as it takes um, until something changes.
0: Okay. And you spoke about how you, you started, you got on Twitter, you, you know, these telegram traps or group chats in general, and you, you found certain people who, you know, maybe appealed to you. How do you determine who appeals to you versus like these people with massive followings, followings that may be just pumping stocks?
1: Mm, yeah, that's a great question. I think, first of all, like when I open up anyone's uh, like Twitter profile or Telegram or anything like that, uh, I like to look at their track record. And, you know, no one's a perfect trader. And, you know, there are going to be calls where, where people get burnt. And, of course, I always look for the people that really have, you know, a good, a good heart in a way. Um, in the sense that they really do want to do everything to help their community that they're building online. Uh, they don't charge anything. I think that's the number one I've paid for a lot of groups that didn't really go anywhere. So uh, just I it, it's one of those things where there's a bit of trial and error to it. But I think as you start to observe some of these traders and, and how they interact with their community and how truly helpful a lot of people are in this community, it's such a great thing. It's one of the things I love about trading, how people come together and uh, work together for uh, great individual results.
0: Okay. If you had to give someone who was starting uh, brand- their brand new three things of like where to start or what to do in the OTC world, you can get more. What, w- what would you recommend or what would you say where to start at?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think number one, you have to come up with your own process. So, you know, I, I have my own process, of course, I like to go really in, in depth. And if something's really hot on Twitter, like I'm not going to go by right away, as, as tempting as that might be, I want to do my research, I'm going to add it to my, you know, watch list and, and and watch it perform over the next couple of days, did it dump or, you know, was there a run, and I'm okay missing that. And, and anyone who's new to the OTC should be okay missing a run because there are runners every day. And also just have a trading plan, right? Know how you want to en- enter a stock, how you want to exit a stock. You know, do you want to go for free shares or do you just want to take your profit and, and cool off? For your next play to develop, and number, and I think the number one thing is just be patient and unemotional because there's if you just pay attention to the noise online, unfortunately there's there's bashing or or you know like you mentioned earlier pumping. So I think just try and tune out the noise as much as possible and put your own process into what you're researching and developing, and then ultimately trading.
0: Okay, good. Th- those are some very good points. What has been your biggest aha moment? I think the the biggest
1: aha moment was you know just don't do it alone so you know i've i've made it a point to try and you know learn from you know people like you and all the great people in the otc you know twitter community and and all the various telegram groups but also when you learn something i think it's really important to try and share it as well i think that we you know, as an OTC community, go a lot farther together. And, you know, ever since I started publishing all this DD, all the, all, ever since I, you know, started being more active in these rooms and on Twitter, I think a lot more has opened up for me. And, and, and being able to even be here on this podcast with you is a prime example of that. So I just think that, you know, doing it all together is the biggest aha moment for me. Yeah. So nothing technical, nothing tactical or anything like that. Just, uh, just be part of the community and, and things will open up for you.
0: Okay. And how has the market overall forced you to grow and develop?
1: I think it's, it's just one of those things where it's, it's forced me to develop most on my mental side. Like historically, I've always had a bad relationship with money. It's teaching me to really make my money work for me rather than against me. and, uh, and But also not putting too much pressure uh, on myself and just let things develop and, and trust myself and, and trust others who have put in the work as well.
0: Okay, and tapping into something you just said, you said historically you already had, you always felt like you had a bad relationship with money, and I like to talk about at times financial literacy as well. Why do you feel? I love it. Yeah. Why do you feel like you you've had a bad relationship with it, or or what makes you think that?
1: It's really interesting. It's just one of those things where, I, you know, no matter how much I ended up making, you know, I somehow would always find myself in some sort of debt or living check to check. And and I saw how impactful that is. So I really got into financial literacy first before I got into trading. So I, I you know, I wrote out like how to budget and all these things. So that's one of the, the things I'm really passionate about as well. And once I got that under control and some savings built up, my friend, he he's a CPA and he's like, man, you're you're foolish if you're not investing any of this money. That you're saving up, like you know, you're basically just stuffing money under your mattress. And once he showed me the impact of inflation, that I'm actually losing money every year if I'm not, you know, making my money work for me. That's when I really started to take trading really seriously. So, and ever since, I'm I'm hooked.
0: (laughs) And I guess growing up, was it was investing or trading or just savings? What was preached as as a kid for you growing up?
1: For sure, my my parents, you know, they tried to get me on that train. Uh, really early. They always talked about the importance of number one, never getting in debt, which of course uh, I didn't listen to. But number two and three is just like, you know, making sure that you're putting some money away with each check and, and trying to show me the value of like compounding interest and, and, and how your money can work for you, even if you're not doing anything. And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll deal with that later, deal with that later. You know, just build some some bad habits and and uh, ultimately you know i'm finding this journey a little bit later in life but i'm happy that i'm on it now and and i just preach financial literacy and investing wherever i can and and i don't think there's too young of an age to learn this i just didn't listen to the lessons at the time
0: i i agree with that i i think you know for one is right it's better late than never so you know even though you you feel that way, you're you're on that journey. Like even I, like I was, I started early, but I didn't take it serious enough until you know mm-hmm. after college. And it's like, man, if I would have been doing this right when I was in high school and I had interest in it, psh, there's no telling like how.
1: Dude, I might have been retired by now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But no, so I, so it's it's important one, right? You 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 recognize those lessons, and then now it's like I'm paying for it by sharing sharing the information, and then making sure that mm-hmm. anyone that comes after me, whether you have kids or you know nieces or nephews, they don't follow that same trend. So
1: for sure, yeah, absolutely.
0: So what keeps you going? You know, what, what's your why behind all this? You know, like could you you just said like if I would have started early, I would have probably been retired. Would you stop investing or what's your why behind all this?
1: Mm. Yeah, I think I love trading too much to ever retire from trading, but maybe retire from like a a normal nine to five, you know, and, and, have my time for myself. That's really appealing to me, but that's not my why. And I actually have two, two whys. So I'm sorry if that's, that's cheating a little bit. But, uh, first of all, like the city I live in, it's, it's almost impossible for, for young people to, to buy a house or even to, to rent in a lot of cases. And I'll just give you an example, like a, a one bedroom, 500 square foot apartment can sell for over $500,000 here. And, you know, so that's going to jack up rent quite a bit too. And this means that I see people struggle, you know, Every single day. So first of all, I want to get myself in a position where I can not only help myself, but like we just mentioned a little bit earlier too, teach others how to save money to make it work for them instead of against them. And if I could do that, and if I could just impact, you know, one or, or more people, I think that would be one of the most uh, rewarding things that I can do. And my and my second why. Is, is just showing gratitude to my parents and their parents, right? Um, you know, coming from an immigrant family, working extremely hard for me to even have what I have today. It's not like we grew up poor or anything, but I did see how exhausting it can be to constantly need to manage or, or, or think about money. So I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for my parents ever again or, or any of the future generations that, that come after me. So those are the two things primarily that, that drive me forward in this. That's
0: awesome. That's, and no, you didn't cheat because you, you said too, but it's it's actually awesome that uh, you understand and your why's are very clear. And I always say that because there's going to be times like especially, for instance, like today, these past few days where things just been red, red, red majority of the time. But it's the why's, mm-hmm. the whys that keep us going you know so for
1: sure yeah i think the wise to make it easy to uh to weather the storm and you know i've i've seen tickers come back to life man like you know i've been down huge in in uh in my portfolio and they'll have this big rally and then you know i'm so happy I end up holding and it turns out to be really rewarding and even more rewarding when you know people are bashing the stock that you're in every day and you're just trying to tune out the noise and uh, and and stay with your conviction very rewarding so and the wise make that a little bit easier too
0: and so how do you handle those red days
1: you know, if I can, if I still have the conviction and I still have money in the account, uh, you know, I'm going to choose my favorite ones to, to average down on or e- even average up in some cases if I got uh, good entries or if not, I'm just going to hold, you know, like, I'm. of course, if I, there's like a big drop, you know, 25% plus, I'm going to look at Twitter. I'm going to look at everywhere to see if there's any news that, you know, correlates with that loss. But if it's just panic selling or overreactions to, you know, like a, a something then I'm just going to tune that out and and know what i own and and just hold hold my ground
0: now have you always had that same conviction and mindset on red days or is it something you had to develop
1: honestly i credit my brother with that you know he got into trading a little bit after me but i've always been sort of the more emotional one uh, of the two of us so i remember one day i was just like losing it and and i was just like you know, so mad and you know, very outwardly mad too. And, and he calmed me down. He's like, "Look, you know," and he gave me all these, all this advice of just like, "Hey, you know, it's like, you know, if you made the wrong trade, that's okay. Like, you're gonna figure out the reason why you took that and you know, why you sold or anything like that." And the same thing, it's like if you are confident, you should you know feel good about it, and you should you know if nothing changed, like why are you selling? So just good, unemotional advice uh, from my brother that really helped me you know develop and and maintain that mindset so but there were definitely some times where i was uh, stressing over some of the stocks that i was in for sure <laughs> yeah i, <clears throat> I thought, can't lie man i can't <laughs> lie i gotta be honest you know like there were some tough days <laughs> hey that's
0: why that's what makes this podcast special is just the whole transparency and the brutal honesty right because you know we gotta sure. share, we gotta share our experiences so the people who listen if we're able to save them for certain pitfalls and speed up their progress of of learning, we're parenting for it that way too. So nothing wrong with being being honest and you know upfront. So definitely appreciate that.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh,
0: so you you speak about you know the different Telegram chats, uh, the different Twitter groups, and and things of that nature. For someone who's just getting started, what would be your advice? I know you spoke about checking people's track record. But in some of these group chats, there's tons of tickers, right, being thrown out. What would would you recommend someone who just getting started, they dive into a chat group? What advice would you give to them to avoid feeling overwhelmed?
1: Yeah, I I think that something that really helped me, number one, like, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of good paid groups out there. But more often than not, I would say to try and stick with the free ones first because you'd be surprised at how helpful or how much advice that you're going to get in those free groups and you know with no no strings attached right so i would i would look for those first number one for anyone who's listening and thinking about joining a few and i think is to learn how to do dd would be my advice and just pick a few don't get super attached no matter how many people are 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 shouting from the rooftops about a certain stock. I think for me, what was really helpful is I looked at some of the advice that you've given on either your podcast or on Twitter. Same thing with PSG or, or, you know, Penny Stock Gurus. He had all these tweets, right? It's like, here's one thing I would look for. And then I'd scroll like maybe a month ago, he said, you know, here's another thing I look for. So I actually put together, and I'm happy to share it with you and, and your followers after this as well, a document on what I look for in doing DD. And it's sort of the template that I use for, the DDs that I post uh, on Twitter. So it's a document like, hey, here's, you know, look for the financials. You know, here's where you can find those. Here's where you can find more information about the officers, the sectors. So it's just going a bit slow in the beginning and getting a bit organized uh, first is what I would generally recommend to someone who's new. I know there's a tendency to just be like, hey, I got it like a couple grand in this account. I'm just going to spread it around to a couple of these tickers and see what hits. You might get lucky for sure. I know I did when I first started for a few, a uh, few tickers, but ultimately I think just go a little bit slow, be patient, like recognize how new you are to this game. And, and if you want to do this for a long time, you can go slow. You don't have to be fast right out of the gate is probably the advice I would give.
0: Hey, that's, that's, that's very sound advice. So one, I'm going to take you up on your offer and have you email that, uh, that, uh, DD sheet to me. Cause I'm pretty sure people are going to ask for it and I can forward it on, but just give us, mm-hmm. give us two or three things when it comes to DDD, what DDD, when it comes to DD, that you look for <laughs> and why.
1: Yeah, I think the the number one for sure is always going to be the share structure. And and just because, you know, when the, when the share structure is right and the right catalyst hit behind it, it's really going to help the stock price grow to, you know, where you want it to grow and, and also the share structure is like, is there a dilution risk? Especially in penny stocks, uh, you know companies need to raise money to achieve some of their objectives and sometimes that means diluting the shares which short term is really gonna impact the stock price. So understanding the share structure from both a positive and a potential negative sense I think is really important. And thankfully OTC markets, you can find that information in like under a minute. So that's gonna be the quickest part of your DD. And I know I just spoke uh, the word catalyst. I think that would be the next thing. It's like, what's getting people excited about this stock? Like, there's there rumor to be acquisitions, mergers. Have those things already been confirmed and they just need to be announced? You know, maybe they're in a certain sector, like the marijuana, for example. And, you know, is there legislation that's going to positively impact the whole sector? Understand... You know, how the stock could behave via the share structure, and then also what's going to make it move through the catalyst. Those are the two things that I would generally look for. And then also just taking a quick look at the historical price action. Like, I'm not a big technical analysis guy, I'd like to be, but just getting a sense of like, are you buying the stock at its highest price that it's ever been? And if you are, like, make sure you understand the catalyst that's going to push it past that point or is it trading at the low and maybe you're scooping it at a really great entry and and just going to be patient on it so understanding those three things are probably the first three things that uh i would look for
0: those are very three very important things so
1: i support all those as well awesome yeah yeah (laughs) you know when you when i get you to sign off on it man that makes me happy
0: (laughs) So let's, let's pause for a minute. I think I've asked you quite a few questions. So I am going to open it up. Do you have any questions for me?
1: I do. I do have two uh, two questions. So the first one, uh, I kind of just just mentioned it a, a little bit. I, I mentioned that I'm not really a technical trader. And sometimes when I'm doing DD and I'm you know, just looking at a few stocks on Twitter, I see all these guys that post some charts, all these crazy lines and indicators here, indicators there, and, and saying how good this is. I'm like, man, I don't understand any of that so i just wanted to ask you you know how technicals factor into otc you know when you're evaluating them you know is there too much of an impact there you're mostly fundamental driven of like share structure, catalysts or or how much does that play into it
0: good question so for me i'm more on the fundamental side i think with the technical side there's uh there's a lot of hidden motives and i say that because when it comes to the technical side, a lot of people avoid the OTC in general because they try to apply those same technical analysis that applies to major markets to the OTC, right? And they, mm-hmm. and we know most of those, if not all, don't work. Now, people do use technical analysis, I think, to to justify their trading style. Right. So people Mm, mm -hmm. like so people want to be these day traders or or whatever, and and they justify buying and selling certain dips. And that's where the technical analysis come in. But it really don't apply to penny stocks, in my opinion. And when I say penny stocks is more on the OTC side, I think you can get away with using some of the technical analysis with the small cap pennies. They're more easier to predict. Mm -hmm because the catalyst, plus you can identify like the shortage percentage and and things of that nature. With OTC, the catalyst, the volume and share structure drives it more than any technical analysis. I think like uh, if any technical skills come into play, maybe I rely on the RSI the most, but, and that's very rare, I think, when it comes to technical analysis, I don't even try to apply much to penny stocks at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And, and you know, that's speaking my language too, because you know, I've tried to learn technicals a few times, but there is a lot to it. And there are people who do it really, really well, but for, for whatever reason, I never really saw it, you know, applying to the OTC either. So, I, you know, I, I tried to stay with the fundamentals and I'm glad to hear that's uh, similar for for you as well.
0: Yeah. it's it- and with me, I just feel like when, when it comes to technical analysis, it's like you're you're disregarding the catalyst, like because a lot of these companies are startup companies, right? Or they're they failed and now they're going in a different direction. So you're trying to apply technical analysis to something that's just now getting started, and it's like how really reliable is that analysis, right? So I think mm-hmm. I think sometimes people use that not to sound like I'm hating, but use that as a uh, as a skill to promote maybe they're marketing their business for people to buy into right and they're teaching mm-hmm. the t- teaching these people hey you can use this technical analysis like you buy at this point you sell at this point but you're then disregarding what's the true indicator of why it's even moving which is the catalyst the rumors the volume you know a lot of times volume precedes the price there's no technical yep. analysis behind behind a rumor Right. That's that's going to predict how high is actually going to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But, you know, for whatever reason, technical analysis will always get, you know, some some eyeballs on it and, and people taking uh, taking a look. So I just wanted to clarify that with you. And I had a feeling that you would say that, you know, it's more fundamentally uh, driven and, and staying on top of that rather than technicals. But thought I'd check anyway.
0: Yeah. Good question. Though yeah. I have no problem mm-hmm. being transparent. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some people like I've lost my mind disregarding technical analysis. Again, I that I don't use technical analysis when it comes to the OTC. Now I do use it when I do like some day trades on major market or even some of the small cap stuff because it's more predictable and the patterns and trends are more reliable to follow. So that's just my statement.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I had one more uh question for you. I think it's a pretty top of mind, especially as it gets a little bit closer, is you know, how do you think the SEC or and you know rulings and how you know it's going to be affecting a few brokerages like tds they're 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 cutting off the access a little bit earlier like how's that gonna factor into does that change your strategy and how you're gonna play the otc you know especially when you combine that with the fact that august is typically a tougher month for trading like is you have any thoughts on that i know you've shared some in your in your telegram but also wanted to ask you here
0: man i feel like you're like you hacked into my computer because literally to wednesday's topic I mean, we're recording this on Monday, August 9th, but August 11th, I talk, uh, I have an episode that's already on that information. So I give you some (laughs) insight on that. And then on Saturday, uh, the release just basically talks about, you know, trading in August isn't for the week. So, Mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question, my personal opinion, I think it's crazy that these brokerages even put out that deadline. I think there's uh some hidden motives behind that and I'm not going to single out any brokers just to avoid any lawsuits mm-hmm. or any letters but I feel like if a lot of these brokers just struggle with ticker changes, right, and processing those in a timely manner, how are they going to mm-hmm. how are they going to keep up with a company that they say today's not current, it's past our deadline so you can't trade it and then tomorrow they're current. Like yeah. So, but also, I feel like it allowed brokerages to have additional volatility as far as, you know, they charge these fees per transaction, right? So, it's allowing them to have additional fees and they're making money, you know, with those fees. They could potentially be shorting stocks on the back end that are getting closer to that deadline that they know probably won't meet it, but have been transparent on meeting it too. By September, that September, I think it's 20th or September 30th deadline. I have to go back and look. Uh, Mm -hmm. As far as me and what I'm trading and how I'm trading it, what it what it has done for me is, I'm constantly. I've always every day review what I'm holding and and making sure why I'm in it. It's still the same reason and it's not changing. But I'm not buying anything new, unless, in my opinion, one, the news is just outstanding and they're current, or I feel like I'm just gonna treat it as a day trade. Now, things that I'm in that are not current, like some of the SS Monopoly plays, their credibility, I trust. They've been transparent. So even if they don't Mm -hmm. meet the early deadline, I think one is even upcoming this Friday, I'm comfortable holding those until that September, in a September timeframe, because of the credibility and who they are and, and that transparency. I also look at it, look at it as opportunity for me to accumulate more things. You know, I always say dips are gifts, right? And it's just buying those dips. And and that's true. Um, so if any of those SS Monopoly plays that I'm I'm confident in dip, I'm just going to continually add to those. You know, and go for yeah, there. yeah. But yeah, so you know, to answer that question, um, hopefully I answered it uh, as far as how I anticipate trading and, and going for and. From there, typically though in August, August is a hard trading month. I normally don't even trade much in August. I This is probably the most i traded in August just for the simple fact we have these deadlines. It's easier to identify what stocks are gonna be quality stocks, right? And I'm just accumulating more being patient and going from there.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a follow-up question that I I had for you that you just answered is, you know, how much are you leaving, you know, on the sideline or how much are you actively trading? Um, It it sounds like you're adding the dips or just adding more size to some of your higher conviction plays, even if if they're not already current and haven't met the the deadline yet. So it's super helpful.
0: Yeah, so the the deadline of the brokerage companies don't bother me. Now, I do think it it does people who are just now getting started a disservice because it's going to allow bashers to prey on their emotional, uh, I'm not even mm-hmm. saying weakness. I'm going to say their, their lack of uh, learning, right? Their lack of education and being comfortable, right? Cause you have these people who are, as soon as they see something negative on the chat board or on Twitter or any research, they get out immediately. And mm-hmm. if I'm a basher, I can seize the moment and opportunity using these deadlines coming up. So unfortunately, we're going to probably see more red. I said that uh, on today's episode that came out when I was discussing prior week movers that even today, with the anticipation of NSAV going live, that I wouldn't be surprised if there was still massive red. You know, and I was down another six figures and I was like, "Ah, it comes with it. So it is what it is. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think that anyone who can, you know, weather the storm is going to be really happy when more focus is going to go towards these high-quality uh, tickers. So it's all about weathering the storm, and, and you, you talk about bashers as well. And I'm really appreciative to be part of all these, you know, rooms or part of like the side of the community that's just trying to put out, you know, DD or, 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 or lift each other up rather than bashing you know, other stocks and things that are running that aren't necessarily, you know, that I wouldn't necessarily trade because I don't like the share structure or anything like that. I think it's just really important, you know, as we are part of the OTC community to to always like strive for lifting each other up and especially those who are new. So it's uh, it's always good to, to be part of that side of it, in my opinion.
0: Uh, thanks. And I agree with you. It's, it's, uh, it's easier, it's hard to be on the good side but it's, it's more fulfilling, you know, and it's a long journey. I always say, as long as you don't quit, you'll succeed. But I do have a question, a few yeah. more questions for you. Absolutely. Fire away. <laughs> I, I want to, I want you to answer your own question. How are you handling the, the deadlines that the SEC have coming up and versus the deadlines that the broke, some of these brokerages are putting?
1: Yeah. So that's a, a good question. I, what I like to do is I I have a like a, my own like custom built little watch list and 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 things like that. When I say custom built, it's way fancier than it actually is. It's just more of like a, a Google sheet, but it you know I have my active trades, so I'm actively you know, inputting those prices. And I find that by doing something more manually and, and looking at the price at the end of every trading day is really helpful to me, no matter how red it is, because it just forces me to be like, hey, you know, is there a reason why I'm still in this play? Is there, you know, it's it's helping me just reinforce why I'm still there. And then I have a watch list and then a research list. So the, the watch list is really helping me because if there's something that's really hot on Twitter, and you know, some of my current plays aren't doing that well. You know, am I going to average down there? Am I going to take a new position? I like to just let it sit for a couple of days because there's times where um, a stock will go down 10. I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good entry. And then you know, maybe I'll see it go down a little bit more, a little bit more. And then when I start to see it kind of bottom out and bottom of its trend, I'm like, that's a really, you know, I, I think that could be a good entry. And I did my DD, and I, I, I'm being a bit more patient about when I average down and when I you know, enter a stock, uh, as well before when, you know, if you were to have this conversation with me like six months ago, immediately it's like, Oh man, this is great DD. I, I love it. I'm just going to buy the stock. I'm going to slap the ass right now. Um, you know, so I was very, I was very impatient before. And I think that by developing a sense of patience, you are able to get better entries And just weather storms like these. And, and, you know, I think that just patience is such a key part of trading. I think I like to tell myself a lot is like the trading day is short, but the game is long. So, you know, I'm always you know trying to play the long game here.
0: Man, that is very good sound advice. Uh, I like that quote. The trading game is short, but, you know, (laughs) I like that. I definitely like that. How do you handle FOMO, right? The fear of missing out now versus when you first started?
1: Yeah. So when I, when I first started, like I didn't even look at the chart. I didn't look at the, the price. And you know, I've actually only been trading OTC stocks for just over a month now so maybe five weeks in otc before when i say penny stocks i was more of like the small cap world so like nasdaq one to five or nyse one to five dollar type stocks so i I think the fomo was a little bit it's it's crazy actually you know you see stocks running and you're like you know this got room to run and you look at all these people on stock or twitter being like oh yeah we're about to bust through this wall or whatever you know i was just taking that at face value And just be like, sure, I'll throw down like a thousand shares. And before I know it, I'm down 30% on that play, you know, (laughs) because I got dumps on. But, uh, you know, when I look at it now, you know, I always like to just check and like, if I'm buying this close to its all time high, you know, there better be a good reason, right? There better be a super strong catalyst and there, you know, so just taking a moment. And that kind of what I said earlier about, you know, taking things slowly when you're first starting out, I think is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself. If you just remind yourself that there are runners, basically every day, and multiple runners every day, you know, just because you miss today's runner doesn't mean you're not going to catch the next one. So just be patient and just take things slowly. I know I've been trading for like a year and a half, but I feel like a complete baby in the in the trading world. So just always reminding myself to take it slow.
0: Okay. Good, good, good words of wisdom there. And you prefer now OTC over the small cap pennies?
1: I do. And I I think that it's just, I, I like just the community more. I think the community is really aware of, you know, some of the things that leave a bad taste. In in people's mouth, when you talk about like pink sheets or penny stocks or or OTC, but there are like a lot of good quality companies that are part of the OTC world. And and I'd like to, you know, be part of that. I'd like to be part of this community. And and like you said, like, because this is more fundamentally driven uh, in OTC, I I prefer it rather than like taking a look at the technicals and all the other uh, things that go with sort of the small cap. Uh, world. So yeah, OTC has just been such a blessing. And uh, I'm super happy to now be part of it.
0: Okay. And I'd I like to ask, what would the current penny penthouse say to the younger penny penthouse when it comes to investing in trading?
1: Would have said, you know, do it earlier, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, um, and also be humble. Um, there's a point in time in, like January, early this year, I caught like, I don't know, I was just on a heater and i just caught so many good stocks, like, a, like, you know, 1000% gain here, 800% there, like big, big plays. And it was had such a great impact to my account. And you know, I was just I was walking tall. And I was, you know, like, I was just not in a good mental place to like, accept the fact that I'm still a learner. You know, like, there are people who may have not been trading for as long as me. And I was just like, you know, trying to tell, talk to them like I'm some kind of expert or something like that. And really, I'm still learning. I'm always learning. So I think it would have just been to be humble, keep your head down, work hard, learn your process, tailor it, and just keep working at the craft. And there's always a quote that sticks with me. I can't remember who it's from. It's, you know, if you're good, you'll tell people. If you're great, they'll tell you. So, you know, just try to stick that in the back of my mind, just be humble and and just have that learner's mindset. And that's what I would tell my younger trading self, I guess.
0: I like that. Uh, One, I like that quote again. And then I like the fact you speak about being humble because the market, if you're not going to be humble, the market will humble you, right? And Mm -hmm. (laughs) unfortunately, that's, that's it is what it is. And then the other thing is, no matter how experienced you are you you have to continually always evolve and grow in the stock market especially when you're doing your own trades right it's not something where one style can just constantly be the same year after year especially the otc i think with with uh, these deadlines coming into place once things become current i always say the some of these pumpers with these massive followings going to struggle because they've been praying so much on pushing garbage stocks, right? These big stocks mm-hmm. that now it's like, you're going to be able to see what stocks are quality stocks, right? They're current, but it's going to become clearer as well. So people trading styles, if you are a, a pumper or a manipulator, it's going to be clearer to get caught. So it's going to be, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting how, uh, the Twitter community, that's these social media sites, the group chats, how they all pan out once stocks become current,
1: you know? For sure. And I th- and, and when you speak about, you know, Twitter or social media and, and all that, like I really feel that sometimes, you know, there are some that are tweeting all the right words to to just try and get that follow count going. And and you know Jan said this the other day when I when I listen is like you know some of the best traders have like really low follow counts and you know so I, I I think that don't if you're if you're looking up people to who to start learning from or or who that you might want to piggyback off their uh, research or anything like that like I wouldn't pay too much attention to the their follower count or, or anything like that those sort of metrics just take a look at their track record and, and look at the quality of their DD and if they're you know, writing it themselves as well. I, th- I think that um, there's a lot of great people out there who are flying under the radar.
0: I, I agree because some of the people that I pay most attention to probably when you look at the following don't have many followers, but they're just thorough. And then some of the people that I rely on barely even use social media, right? It took me a minute to, mm-hmm. even, to even dive into this world of getting comfortable just for the fact where I was like, I can make my own money and just go about my business, but then it comes to the part of like, you think about legacy, you think about, hey, yes, it's cool to say, hey, I got all this money or whatever, but when you can say, hey, I've helped play a role in people having financial freedom or even, heck, I met a guy who said his goal before he died was to make a million millionaires, right? And it's like, when you start thinking about that, it's like, okay, let me test out this social media. Now, I, I still don't care for the whole trolling and all that, so I'm quick to just, mm-hmm. like, ignore it or just, like, up. Oh, I'm not tweeting for the rest of the day. But I think when used appropriately, social media can be a huge gift, you know? For sure. Absolutely. Anything else you want, like, you know, you want to say or anything that comes to mind that you want to ask prior to? We've been talking for a while, and, and I'm grateful for your time, and I know, you, you know... Research is very important, and you're just like I am. I'm like I gotta still research some more stuff and and give my thoughts about this whole NSAV experience. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think yeah. Just uh, it's just one of those things. I just can't stress enough the importance of of how like important of do, doing your own research is like. You know, I could put out like a 10 pager with like, you know, emails directly from the CEO or anything like that. I still think it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. Like it's getting in the habit of, uh, of doing your own research is I think just going to make you a better trader. And, and I just want to pass that, that message along of like have that learner's mindset, uh, cause it's going to take you a long way. And I'm going to share some documents with you, uh, that I put together for myself. It's been really helpful. And so if you want to share those out to anyone who asked for it or tweet them out to your followers, uh, by all means, I'm happy to share.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And before before I say one other thing, I do have uh, my last question for you is if someone wanted to reach out to you directly, either, you know, social media or, you know, the chat groups. I'm, ideally, I'm pretty sure you prefer social media. How can they reach out to you? Do you have like a Twitter handle, Instagram handle what would be the easiest, easiest way to reach out to you?
1: For sure. Yeah. Twitter is probably what I check the most. So if you just want to DM me or, or or tweet at me, it's just at Penny Penthouse. Um, and then I'm happy to answer any questions. Like I already get a lot of DMs a day as it is, but uh, I'm always happy to have a few more. If there's, like I said earlier, you know, as part of my why, like uh, the reason why I'm getting more active on social media, like I don't do it for the followers. I don't do it for anything like that. It's like if I can just help a few people, you know, work their way towards their financial goals. Like I, I, it would mean the world to me. So, by all means, don't be shy. Uh, reach out anytime.
0: Okay. So, what I want to say to you, I, it's I like to do it at the end. Is pretty much get people their flowers. I, I, I hate when, you know, people always say speak positive or you know talk about people past tense when it's like you could have said it while they were you know you talking to them or while they're alive. So for you. Me personally, even though I'm just now, I'm probably meeting you or talking to you a few weeks ago. I feel like in a world where people join group chats or even reach out to see what they can get out of people, uh, from the outside looking mm-hmm. in, from the outside looking in, you took a different perspective. It was like, hey, I'm joining these chats. I'm I, I'm reaching out, but I want to know what can I give, right? What can I give to you to help you know your podcasts or topics or even find information more thoroughly and I appreciate that because that energy when I'm tired or that that view of like you're feeling drained of your giving 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 and it's like it's every now and then it's good to receive right so I'm appreciative of you know you've been a your energy level just alone has been immaculate and stood out people have messaged me directly like man penny penthouse is like thorough with his dd or like he shares his information and, and they speak very highly of you. So I personally want to say, keep it up, keep going. If there's anything I can do as far as helping you out, uh, as far as anything you're struggling with when it comes to research, DD, or just uh, thoughts on tickers, I'm I, you have my direct line to reaching out to me and I'm there for you. And I just look forward to keeping track and keeping in contact um, with you, with your journey, because... It's like it's not a matter of like when you're gonna get financial freedom. It's or if you're gonna get it. I mean it's a matter of when you're gonna get it. Cause you just have that that besides the energy, just that that good perspective of like it's gonna it's gonna work. And I just gotta stick with it. So keep it up, man.
1: I'm so I'm some humble like, you, you, like even before coming on this podcast, man. Like when you had Jan on, and, and and I got that that quick shout out, dude. I I got I got chills, man, because it's it's like I don't do it for any of that, but it's just like to to you know find people that you've never really met and in such a short time because you have such similar goals and such similar energy, um, and just being able to find each other and 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 get connected and, and share thoughts with one another, it's so special. So especially, I just want to Thank you as well for, for doing what you do here on this uh, podcast because I know it helps a lot of people. It helped me, and it, it's just such a good thing to listen to when I'm just, like, driving around, like, on my way to work or anything like that. So uh, I want to shout you out as well. Appreciate you.
0: Thank you, man. And, and always, if you can, please rate. Write a review if the platform you're listening to allows you to do so. If you have any questions or topic requests or even want to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good day and see you later.